All right. Welcome in. Pumped to be back in studio. The Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Let's go. With Josh Elmer, I'm Chris Plank. We got Lamar Jackson talk. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We got a Big 12 basketball game tonight. We got awards that we need to talk about. But right now, we kick things off with one of my favorite people on the planet. She is the pitching coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. Jen Rocha is in the house. Good morning, coach. Thanks so much for finding time for us. How are you on this Wednesday? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me this morning, Chris. Yeah, we haven't got to do this on the air in a while. How do you feel so far? At least a general question. Um, how do you feel so far about the staff? How do you feel about the way things have come together over the first 18 games? Is it on par with what you had wanted and anticipated heading into the season? Yeah, you know, I I felt like we had a good chance to um, really just perform the way we've been performing. But, you know, it's always unknown. It, in my heart, I wanted it to feel like it does right now. But <laughs> facing our own hitters... Um, the reality of it was kind of difficult. Um, you know, we, we had some good challenges, some good inter-squad games, and, you know, really up until the week leading up to opening week of our season. And, um, you know, I think we get exploited um, as pitchers when you start facing the same hitters over and over again, which is a good thing. It creates a lot of room for development. But I'm really happy um, right now thus far with the way our staff as a whole has been performing, and um, I mean, I'm excited. I think we have a lot of challenges still ahead of us, but um, we've risen to the occasion, and so I feel I feel I feel good right now. Well, I think you should, and uh, one of the reasons is it's just it's early, right? We're only 18 games in. Your pitchers are pitching incredibly well, but also. It just seems as if with – and I, I know you've got you know three in your room with, with Deal, SJ, and then obviously with Alex Straco. But with eight newcomers, you know, four pretty high-profile transfers that came in, Coach, it doesn't seem like there's been any internal issues, right? And it, Sometimes whenever you bring in uh, alphas from another program, it can be a problem. It, we see it in free agency in different spots. Uh, in the NFL, in the NBA, in baseball. But with this team, somehow it's meshed, and it, and it seems like there's no better example than what Alex Straco has been in that pitcher's kind of room. What what have you seen as the key to that? How has that been such a smooth transition? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think just with two new – or three new pitchers on our staff in particular and, you know – with the uh, new athletes just throughout the roster, I, I think it's a testament to our returners and the way that they understand they want competition. They need it, um, quite honestly, in order to sustain, you know, their own athleticism and their own level of competition. And they've really welcomed it with open arms and have been 100%, you know, all in, you know, the, our pitching staff in particular has done great with Alex. Um, and really asking her questions, she's, she's had, you know, enough success in her own, in her own right, you know, American and has put up some really uh, great numbers throughout her career. And so we all have something to learn from each other. And I think our returners have done a wonderful job of that, um, as well as, you know, coach um, balancing the lineup and matchups um, at the right time in order to maximize on everybody's talent. You know, it's, it's wild because you go back, during the battle series and some of the fall 
Uh, and more specifically, when she was pitching against her own team, Alex had struggled a little bit, maybe wasn't 100%, but it seems as if once she got the ball in her hands against Stanford to start this season, it's just been you know, left lane hammer down. I, what, what have you seen in her? What's kind of caught your eye in Alex Storacco now that, you know, from bringing her in to seeing her pitch and seeing her day today, what's kind of caught your eye about her? What stands out? Yeah, I think with every good pitcher and every good player, there's a baseline of um, good fundamentals and attention to detail and understanding the game. And she has those things. She came in with those things. Um, and so she hasn't wavered from, you know, the fundamentals. There's not a whole lot I need. I didn't really need to change anything. It was more just about her getting into our system and understanding you know, the game planning and kind of the day-to-day functions of the bullpen. And she has just jumped in in the same way that Hope did last year, um, jumped in right away and is willing to ask questions and ask very good questions. And, um, you know, and again, the people around her have been, um, have helped her grow in those spaces too and given her an idea. So she, it's been easy for me um, in that, you know, in that way where, I just have to try to stay out of her way and not mess her up. <laughs> it also helps too, does it not, when she's developed the rapport and, re- and relationship he has, she has with Kenzie Hansen? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that was organic, you yeah. know, that now just, you know, them being roommates, that obviously, you know, that's good, but we have, we have other catchers, you yeah. know, she's had plenty of other catchers to throw to also. And so it's, you know, again, a testament to, to teammates and relationships that they're able to build in order to, you know, have, you know, that level of uh, communication on the field. Can I talk about your catchers real quick? Because, you know, obviously we we know the known quantity in Kinsey Hansen, but seeing Sophia Nugent have the start to the year that she's had, and obviously it's come out of, you know, not having Kinsey the first couple of weeks and her creating those opportunities. I mean, Coach talking about how in-depth she is on the scouting report, knowing everything about the other team's pitchers. How good has she developed behind the plate, Coach, and how she handles your staff? Yeah, she's she's matured a lot. I think she really, um, last year, what she did, what I felt like I didn't, I could speak for myself, what I didn't know. She was taking notes. Now, she was being a student of the game, and she could, she is that. She's a very, she's a good student in general, um, but she's been a student of this game, and she's been taking a lot of notes. And now you're, you're really probably you're, what we're seeing is the fruit of her own labor there. And there's a hunger there in the same way that there is for Haley Lee, you know, behind the plate, um, you know, getting some work back there. There's there's a hunger for more, and that that's exciting. That may, that's what makes the coach go yes. Yes, let's go. I pick you today. <laughs> That's awesome. We're hanging out with Jen Rocha, Oklahoma Sooner pitching coach, associate head coach, getting set for a trip to Starkville this weekend. All right, so we, we've talked about Alex. We've talked – well, and, and one of the catcher, Haley Lee. Um, what, was it about what you expected you were getting? I know we've only seen her a, a handful of times behind the plate, but, man, I was really impressed with her arm. I guess I didn't realize how strong her throwing arm was. She seems like she's uh, she's got a chance to help you out back there depth-wise. Yeah, you know, I I think her her strength, the strength that she's, it's not hidden because right. you, you know you can look at her and see how strong she is. But her legs are strong; they move well back there. And yeah, I think her tattoos hide a little bit of the gun that she has there. But 
Um, yeah, well, he's, he's doing some nice things back there for us, too. Jen Rocha is in the house. Let's talk about the uh, Nicole May just in, in incredible start to this season. Uh, what's clicked for her? What have you really seen from Nicole May that's helped find her this just solid start and really good command of the strike zone so far? Yeah, it's kind of fun. I think over time with pitchers, you know, you, you'll see some early um, in their careers, maybe, you know, have some early success. But the junior year, I feel like for a lot of athletes, um, really is a nice year for pitching in particular. When they get to their junior year, they're over their freshman year, you know, and whatever happens in their sophomore year happens. But by the time they're juniors, there's a level of maturity and confidence and poise that comes along with that. And um, she is falling right nicely into that. She knows who she is. She knows what she does. She, you know, when she gets the ball, she's ready every single time. And another one, um, much like Sophia, who's a really good student of the game, um, and, you know, is, is prepared and knows uh, what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And she's just, you know, taken all of um, her opportunities and has maximized those, in, you know, when she's gotten the ball. It, it seems as if, Coach, and I, when you say someone's grown up, you know, it's not, hey, she had an attitude problem or anything, but it just really right. seems like she's matured, matured even more and grown up a lot and is just, I don't know, with Nicole May, it just seems like she exudes confidence right now. Yeah, no, one she she really is. She really is. And I think, you know, she's she's worked on I think she has literally worked on that. Um, and you're seeing it and it's really it's fun to watch an athlete grow and really come into themselves. And I think that's what we're uh getting a glimpse into right now with Nicole and her outings that she's had. Seeing Jordy come along has been fun too. Obviously she was incredible in the opener, uh, had one bad half inning, but uh, against Baylor, but how how reassuring, how exciting was it to see the way that she threw this past weekend and how good she was? Yeah, it's been really good. You know, we, it, it's funny. Sometimes you talk about getting, you know, beat on one pitch or one swing, and I, I feel like she's been um, – she's fallen victim to um, – two in my mind at least, but Baylor certainly was one of them. And, you know, she's, she's done well. To have our pitchers throw seven innings, and I know you – saw both Nicole and Jordy do that this past weekend. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to be able to go out there and sustain a lineup. Uh, in particular, Kentucky's going to be a contender for postseason. And yeah. that's not – I don't have a doubt in my mind with what Rachel Lawson has done um, year after year with that program. And so that's that's a good team. That's a good team. They have some young players. And so for you know Jordy to go out there and compete for seven innings, um, you know, and, and keep their team to a minimum. I think I was really happy and proud for her in that moment. You know, so again, the scanner reporters, the scanner reports are, are out, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, unfortunately good and bad what happened. Um, but, you know, she's, she's doing really well and, you know, taking every performance and has done really, really well in her opportunities too. So she's, she's a fighter and she's been out there grinding for us and I love it. Can you? I, I always bug you probably too much about certain rules things and making sure I understand it more so I don't get that tweet. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. So I always have appreciated that. <laughs> but can can you help me better understand the challenge? And you have more tape than you've ever had whenever you're and, and tape and analytics and, and everything when you're scouting an opponent. But 
the opponent has the same stuff at their disposal too. So can you take us through what the growing and developing challenge has been to constantly evolve as a pitcher to where the things that were working, say, last year, teams might adjust and it's a challenge this year if, if they have adjusted? What's I guess the term is adjustment here. What's that process like, and, and how much more challenging is it today than it's ever been? Yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, on the flip side of offense, trying to, you know, get a, get a hitter out over and over, facing the hitter, um, you know, three, four, five times in a game. It's hard to get them out every time, even with the law of averages. But as far as, you know, what's out there for metrics um, and video, it, it's, it's been out for a long time, but right. it's just now getting to where everybody has access to that in our sport, which is unfortunate but great at the same time. You know, it's really about the resources involved that allow for those opportunities. So the great thing in our sport is you're seeing most schools have an opportunity to have access to video and pitch metric, metrics and ball flight um, data, which you're seeing that in Major League Baseball, and I know you've called some 230-foot shots before, <laughs> um, but on the front end of those, you know, long balls are all are how fast the ball is spinning, what angle it's spinning at, how much break in a pitch. Um, you know, a lot of times what good pitchers do is it looks like the ball is going through the zone, and when it crosses the plate, it's actually out of the zone. So a pitcher like Jordy... Um, Alex Duraco could fall, and I'm not trying to give our scanner report, but, you know, these are known things to right. thoughtful people who know what they're doing. But when, you know, they're swinging at bad pitches, hitters swing at bad pitches. So that is the luxury that I get to live in. Um, but when, you know, when the game plan changes and maybe people are going up there and taking strikes and forcing you to bring those pitches back down into the zone, that's when you have to go, okay, you have to be – willing and ready to, like, throw a ball over the plate for a strike and the umpire call it a strike. And, um, you know, if the hitter wants to go ahead and swing, we'll, we'll give him a chance. But anyway, so all of those things, it's just, you know, sometimes the uh, if people aren't swinging at good pitches, then, you know, you got to come back into the strike zone. So those are ways that, you know, different people can scout. You've got to be able to change speeds. It's easy to see one, you know, 60 to 65-mile-an-hour pitch come through the zone over and over again um, with, you know, and then you can catch up to that. Eventually, good hitters are going to catch up to the timing of those pitches. Mm -hmm. So being able to change speeds effectively also becomes a big um, part of developing as a pitcher and, and being able to do that effectively. I hope that all made sense um, to all the sense. softball geeks out there. But um. <laughs> It's just, it's a fat, it's a day-to-day, minute-to-minute, batter-by-batter, uh, pitch-by-pitch yeah. challenge, right? It never gets any easier, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> you're awesome. Coach, I know you're busy. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow on the flight to Starkville. Always appreciate your time and have great preparation for this fun trip this weekend. All right, Plank. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. See you soon, Jen. That's uh, OU yeah. pitching coach, associate head coach, Jennifer Rocha. Coach Rocha. Hanging out with us here on the Plank Show. Good morning, Josh. How are you, dude? You good? Ready to roll? I'm ready. Good morning, my friend. I drove into listening to Porter Moser, so they got me pretty fired up about today. I uh, Toby brought it up. I realized I've never been 
to the Big 12 basketball tournament inside the Sprint now T-Mobile Center. Never been. Always wanted to. I don't even think I've been like on the cusp of going. Now I went when it was in Kemper Arena when Oklahoma State won it many many moons ago. I think Joey Graham was the star for oh, OSU. Man. Yeah, that that good was team. Yeah, good Oklahoma State team. Um but yeah, I've always wanted to go, so I've got it, it now I now it's gonna be impossible, right? It falls right in the middle of softball season and diamond sports were always a bigger responsibility for me. Long story short, you love the Big 12 tournament. Long story short, this is going to be the one thing I miss. Things I won't miss. The sidelines at Lewis Field slash Boone Pickens Stadium. Things I will miss. The Big 12 basketball tournament. Things I won't miss. Road trips to Ames, Iowa. Things I will miss. Iowa State fans showing out at the Sprint Center. Or T-Mobile Center. Still Sprint still Sprint Center to me. Still real to me. But yeah, I'm pretty pumped about tonight. And Josh, I'm pumped about the women's tournament too. Do you uh, let's get a break. Let's get a break. Let's talk Big 12 tournament. You guys got reaction to Jen Roach. You hit me up. At Plank Show. That's our Twitter handle. At Josh on Ref. That's our Twitter handle. At KREF Sports. We'll put that up on the podcast as soon as we're done here today. And as always, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. A lot of people. I, I saw Trash talking Thunder fan return last night. That was pretty fun. I kind of think Golden State's like public enemy number one. So we'll get to that. Plus, plus all kinds of NFL talk right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I, I have a very generic, general question for you. And you tell me what you think is the right or wrong way. Of, of I'll stay very vague here because the person – and I'm not mad. Listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this just so we're clear. But a friend of mine asked if they could borrow something. And I was like, sure, absolutely. But no no, no problem at all. Is it a video game or – No, no, no. It, it's, it's like – Don't give the video game. It's an audio thing. It's like, it's something that plugs into your computer and it allows you to it's an have – adapter. Exactly. And – I'm very nosy about why they needed it, but now that we're down the road and I've already given it to that person, is it too late to ask, hey, just why do you need this? No, I don't think no? so. Okay. It's like I'm all in my head about just saying, yeah, yeah, no, I do no problem because I, I have no problem with it, but I'm really curious as to the why behind it. <laughs> so I feel like it's too late after you've already delivered said item to be like hey what do you need that for anyway yeah but why is there any rules yeah is there any rules on that that i'm missing out on or no well you let them borrow it so right. i feel like right i mean it's not i have no concerns about not getting it back i mean it's it's not like whenever uh whenever my buddy steve gave me his ben folds five cd and never got it back from me or whenever Chuck Stickle gave me the Mankind book, and I never gave it back to him. I or, or anything. I don't have any. Con- I think you're noticing a trend here. Maybe why I'm worried because I'm not good at getting things back to people. Well, that's why I said if it was a video game, don't right. It's don't, not getting back. Don't dole that out. I gave him my PlayStation Two game. 
Very obvious. Okay. Bad history with uh, lending out CDs and DVDs and video games. <laughs> yeah, Drake, give Plank his focus right back in one piece. That's right. That's right. Well, and what's funny is I'm actually um, I'm doing a podcast today with the uh, oh gosh I never know Oki Uno Oki Uno on Twitter. Uh, die, die Hard Sooner fan. I didn't realize how popular his YouTube page was. He's got like 10,000 yes! subscribers. Yeah. Like, holy smokes. He's an old timer now. Yeah, dude. And I don't mean that in the sense that I'm just saying he's, since the advent right. sort of, of YouTube, he's been kind of crushing it over there. So I gave this, and then I realized, dang it, now I'm going to be the thing that I hate is I'm going to be the dude that's yelling into the computer doing an interview. I hate that so much. Yeah, the audio Thank- quality is. Yeah. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad you literally bent over yelling into my computer. Well, thanks, Plank. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is tough. I'm so sorry. But, anyhow. Okay, well, I feel better now. I feel good about things. We are not leaving for, um, I almost said Stillwater, Starkville, Stark Vegas, until manana. In fact, since we're chartering. Stegas. What's up? Chartering tomorrow. And I somehow made the cut to get on the charter. Really begged for it. Uh, we're not leaving until tomorrow afternoon. Ooh. So the Thursday show is good. Now, we need to have an on-slash-off-air conversation at some point is uh, is Friday's show. because In peril. We are, we are not necessarily in peril quite yet because I don't, I don't know how – I don't know if we're going to get to play on Friday. Now, this is good news because every single time that we have a weather report, and Dr. Kevin Clazel, I'm very grateful that uh, he has included me in his weather updates, but it's looking it's looking a little bit dicey for Friday. It's going to be 70 degrees in Starkville, but there's a risk of lightning storms that are existing in Starkville by mid-morning. This is what it said. Uh, risk of lightning storm likely exists by mid-morning on Friday. Expect Friday temps near 70 degrees and breezy. Saturday will be the best of the three days with sunshine, light winds, scattered hit and miss lightning storm chances return on Sunday. Oh, boy. So great. We're going to be flying in the middle of a Lightning storm again. That's a fun trip, though. Exciting times here on the Plank Show. Uh, listen, I promise to get into the Big 12 tournament. Let's do it. But first, uh, John Rogers is in the house from Purple Wave. Always a lot of stuff going on. John, welcome to the show, man. Tell us what you got going on over at Purple Wave. Yes, at uh, Purple Wave, we're uh, online only. No reserve auction. And because we're uh, on online, we're going to have 13 auctions in the month of March. We're going to sell over 3,600 assets. and They're online right now for you to bid on them at your leisure. Hey, uh, so you always have some big events that are coming up. Uh, any big auctions we need to be keeping an eye on here? Yes. Thank you for asking. Uh, on, let me get the date here. It is uh, March the 28th. We have Oki Rents Equipment Realignment Auction. It's going to be down in Davis, Oklahoma, and there's lots of uh, Kubota equipment, some Kubota uh, skid steers, uh, mini excavators. There's some trenchers. There's trailers. Uh, there's lots of uh, SUVs for those uh, people who are interested in hunting. 
uh, in conjunction with that, there's going to be two open houses, one on the 25th of March and the 27th. And when we say an open house, uh, the public is invited to come to that location and view the assets that day. You can start them. You can run them and uh, evaluate them and make a decision on how much you'd like to bid. And all you have to do is go to purplewave.com. There's a button right there. You can register, and you create your username, and boom, you're in. I mean, John, this makes it easy for buying and lay out how easy it can be to sell, too, because as you mentioned, there might be places that are liquidating assets. You might have inherited some uh, a farm or some gear or some loading equipment, whatever it might be. You're here to help out in every aspect. Yes. We have, uh, well, the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife is having an uh, auction coming up in April also. If you, if you have surplus assets that you uh, need to liquidate to get rid of, just call us. We, we will come out to your location, take all the pictures, do the listings, put them up online with like assets, and, and when it sells, we'll send you the money. It's called Straight Simple Sold. Straight Simple Sold Purple Wave. And, John, I think just as a final thought, it can't, you try to make it as easy as possible for the, the client, don't you? All yes, sides. We, it's kind of a turnkey operation. You call us and we come out and we do all the work, uh, field the calls, and, uh, and we uh, ask your cooperation and answering some questions. But uh, when it's sold, we send you the money. And I want you to know that when I finish up this call, I'm headed to the Big 12 basketball. Oh, all right. Let's go, John. Are you a – now, hold on here. Let's just make very clear. <laughs> are you a regular? Have you been to T-Mobile Center a lot, or is this the first time? I have only missed two Big 12 basketball tournaments in my life. This seems to be like what we should lead with very here, cool. John. This seems to be what we should tip things off with today. Um, So when – I went in the Kemper Center so many, many moons ago, right? Kemper Arena. What did I say? Kemper Center? Yeah. I'm thinking T-Mobile Center, too, uh, which is which it's used to be the Sprint Center, and then we can add in the Texas and the Oklahoma ties. But for Toby was talking about it. I've never been in the T-Mobile Center. It's one of the events I think that we're really going to miss whenever we jump to the SEC, right? Yes. Yes, because that's uh, they, they have that uh, light center downtown. You can just walk across the street and – there's plenty of things to do, and uh, and that city just embraces the Big 12 basketball tournament. Isn't it cool to see, too, how that downtown area in Kansas City has blown up? I mean, when it was Kemper, don't get me, there was a few restaurants down there, and it was still really cool, but now with right. the with the light, uh, what they call power it? And light power, power and light district. I mean, it's, it's a big time down there, John. Yes, it is. Looking forward to it. I go to all the games. I'm a, I'm a sports fan. I you know, I, I, I have teams that I support, but uh, – I'm a basketball junkie when it comes to the Big 12 tournament. Well, do we get a pick from you before oh, you get out yeah, of here? Who you got, John? Oh, my goodness. You know, this year, <laughs> I don't know who's going to win. Anybody can win that thing. I loved what Porter Moser said this morning where, you know, you got a team in West Virginia that beat the ACC champ by 40, and you got a team in Oklahoma that beat the SEC champ by, what, 24, 25? Yeah. So even on your first day of games, it's craziness. All right, John, purplewave.com. Get in that car. Enjoy the road trip to Kansas City. And as always, we love hearing from you. Thank you guys for your support. Purple I see Wave. you, brother. Purplewave.com. I, uh, you, you clicked on this auction for vehicles. You know I'm in the, I'm in the market, Josh. Oh, really? For a truck, right? Being, being the farm guy that I am now. But I found this 2019 Ford F-250 Super Duty XL Crew Cab. 
that looks like you've got a pretty good deal on it right now. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know if this is one of those things with Purple Wave when you start, you, you see that auction tick up, and by the time everyone notices, dang, man, this is an awesome truck, uh, it's probably right around what it should be. But for now, I'm looking at a deal. I think we need to stop promoting Purple Wave just so I can get this Ford yeah, you, F-250. Right, yeah, the Ford F-250. You might have <laughs> lost out on that one. Oh, no. Why? Why? The uh, Oki Rinse Equipment uh-huh. Realignment Auction, March 28th. Sounds like perfect for the show. Dude, we, it's got realignment in there. Realignment, it's all we ever talk about. And I've always wanted to have a tractor. Click on that very first thing, that uh, upper left right here. Yeah. My neighbor has one of those, and I've always wanted one of those. Up right there, yeah. Kubota SVL 95 track to skid steer loader. I don't know what I would use it for, but my neighbor Tanner has one. I want one too. I want one too. It I just is, it is pretty awesome. I know, right? He, he he knows all the stuff about equipment. I do not. I'm like Tanner, I bought this thing and I don't know what to do with it. Can you help me? You have. I just want to drive it around. I'd love for you to have this, but I don't know that you have a ton of use for it. I don't think I do either. All right, thanks to John. What a nice surprise that was. Now, listen, we do owe you some Big 12 talk. So I like to question you asked John. Call your shot, right? Um, We've got our spring football preview coming up at 10 a.m. this morning, and I've got a little unique approach today, Josh, because I'm working for Boyd Street, or at least I think I am, pretty sure I am, on a spring game preview. And – I've put it together kind of like I put together past football previews where I've got five storylines, but I can't narrow it down to five, the five most important storylines. Now, we spend every day on this show at 10 a.m. diving into a different angle, right? We've talked receivers. We've talked uh, quarterbacks. We've talked what, – what do we spend the last two days? Edge rushers and Trace Ford and – Talking about Bothroyd and, and, and wide, receiver. wide receiver last week. But I wanted – maybe every Wednesday we make it generic. And it's just, hey, what about this? What about that? What what do we expect there? So I've got, I've got like eight to ten storylines that I'm intrigued by. I'm trying to get it down to five, and I need your help in finding the five most important. Okay, we'll whittle, whittle we can it whittle down. down. But before then, call your shot. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. He got in the Big 12 tournament. Can we get a surprise in a tournament that's not always known for big surprises when it comes to the champion, but we've seen some surprise teams make a run. So we'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute here, guy. Wait a minute. Air Comfort Solutions text line. By the way, I'm still recovering from the cut on my tongue, so every so often if I slur, it's because I'm in pain. Were I'm, you eating something when said oh, accident occurred? Gosh, I was killing a ham sandwich. So good. I have the same thing for lunch every day, dude. Every single day. The elusive ham the sandwich? Elus- every day. The elusive ham sandwich, little mayo, two pieces of ham, slice of cheese. You know, depends on what. Sometimes wrap, sometimes tortilla, sometimes bread. You know, mix it up a little bit. This is not a joke. You really were eating every a ham Every single sandwich. day I was eating a ham sandwich. This time, Josh, though on the always necessary sourdough toasted bread that we have in the house now. Yeah, that is uh, certainly a game changer. Do you butter the the bread and toast it? Well, not when I do the sandwich. Now, whenever I'm having it as a sop up, all the things on the plate because I'm a fat, fat, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, then then it's always buttered, probably on both sides too. It's like, I don't know when my hands are 
all greasy. It's because you buttered both sides of the sourdough bread, fatty. That's why. <laughs> so good, though. <laughs> so good. But, yeah, no, I chomped into my tongue. So I'm in pain. I'm just letting you know. I'm fighting through it, though. So I'm apologizing. like, Blake sounds drunk. No. Not. Well, he might yet. be, but he's also bit his but tongue. I, maybe, but I also bit my tongue, and I'm in a lot of pain right now. No, so you're he's, welcome. He's not, but he is not, playing her. Do you know Danny Cannell did a radio show with Dusty one time the day he had his uh, wisdom teeth removed? Well, everything sounded like this whenever he was. <laughs> did Dusty say, dude, please go home? I don't know how Dusty didn't lose his mind because I think it was just part of a bit and they were good, but yeah, I can't even imagine after dental surgery doing a show. Ugh. But guy, guy, I'm playing hurt, so this this tweet really hurt me. He writes, playing driving a three-quarter ton truck, LOL. Just put a trailer hitch on your Subaru and call it good. Guy, guy, I do not drive a Subaru and get it right. The trailer hitch is on the minivan, okay? <laughs> My sweet Ford Edge with its cracked windshield would like to have a word with you, Subaru. Um. Would it be a hoot, writes the eight uh, nine one eight. Would it be a hoot if West Virginia won or OU won and made their way to the Big 12 championship game? I think West Virginia has a chance. I really do. But I'm also now torn because, you know, we really haven't spent a lot of time talking about Mark Adams on this show. I think it yeah, was – Yeah, what about Texas Tech if they go yeah, on a run? I mean – Feel how you want about Mark Adams, but it became pretty obvious that he was going to have a conversation about his job status regardless this offseason, and maybe that, what, four, five-game winning streak that put him back off the bubble wasn't enough to get some of the vultures off. I, uh, I still think there would have been conversations about his job now you add this most recent situation that has led to him being suspended, and I'm always intrigued by how teams respond to something like this. Not not like it happens all the time, but coaches getting fired and being like, I'm going to stay on for the rest of the season, or hey, I'm retired. The Mike Bray, right, most recently. But Corey Williams is a really good coach, and I had completely forgotten that he was on the Texas Tech staff. And ORU fans know Corey. He spent ages at ORU, went down and coached with Leonard Hamilton for a long time. Great dude. Great coach. So, I mean, I don't even know who I – I wouldn't probably pick that game. If I was a gambler, probably steer clear of it because of all the unknowns. Maybe Tech is just done with it. Maybe it's like, hey, listen, tired of this old man. We're done with him. Whenever we get a chance, we're in the portal anyway. So, love you, Corey, but peace out. Right? Maybe Tech taps out. Or maybe it's, thank God he's gone, let's get together, let's make a run, here we go. That That's so intriguing for tonight, Josh, because I just don't know. West Virginia, on the other hand, I think they feel pretty good about their postseason chances, but I don't think you want to leave anything up to, or in MMA terms, I don't think you want to leave it in the judges' hands. Now, I would much rather be in Oklahoma or Oklahoma State's shoes and have Texas waiting there in the next game. But West Virginia also has the most recent performance of going to Fog Allen, and, and basically they had Kansas beat and couldn't finish it. Bill Self said after the game, he's like, hey, this is 
It's what you're going to see in the second round of the tournament. And if we played like that, we'd be going home. So I, I like that idea. I just, Josh, I don't know what to expect from Texas Tech tonight. No clue. No clue at all. Yeah, impossible to know. Impossible to know. And, you know, one through six winning this tournament, any of the folks that uh, start out in the quarters, I don't think would be a big surprise if they win this tournament. But uh, to me, I just don't know that there's enough juice for any of the folks in that seven to ten range playing tonight that, that yeah. can make a run to the, the championship. Then, then you also – I mean, I don't know truly how you would – position this but you're not necessarily playing for the long haul in Kansas City maybe it's a process of resting a few guys late in the game or I I don't know you just in other words your vision is more focused on what's after this because a you're Kansas you're one you're Baylor you know you're in I kind of feel like Baylor needs to get hot especially after what Iowa State did to them well, they've got an, an incredibly difficult opener tomorrow. Yeah. It, it'll help a little bit that it's uh, the morning game, but Iowa State always travels really well to this event. So, I mean, they're playing a road game. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and theoretically, they're going to play two of them back-to-back, no. and maybe three if it's K-State that finds its way to the Big 12 championship. Uh, Jim in Arlington said John sounded a little bit like Bob from Cement. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't that. know about that. He was – he stayed on topic and and didn't take shots at anyone. So I don't know if that can be Bob from Cement. I think I think they just mean strictly the way they sound. Ah, okay. Not not the content of his said words. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Gunny, <laughs> who doesn't butter both sides of their bread for a sandwich? I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. I, you know, butter one side and toast it. So okay, hold on here. You butter it before you toast it. Or do you toast it, then butter it? Well, if I'm, like, toasting it on the stove or something. You toast bread on the stove? Yeah, just, like, like really? a grilled cheese, sort of. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I, in other words, you're not just throwing, I need to grill it. I, I need two pieces of toast. Throw it on the stove. Like, you don't throw it in the toaster? Okay, let me let me drill a little deeper here. Gunny, help me out. Yeah, I would not butter bread and toss it in the toaster. Okay, all right, there we go. All right, just no. want to make sure, want to make sure that we're all clear here. Whenever I'm getting ready, it's, it's like the... The one kid in school that poured his milk before he poured his cereal in. You're like, oh my gosh, the kid's a cereal killer. <laughs> is something wrong with this kid? This is the one you're looking for. He poured his milk in before he put the cereal in. This kid's crazy. That is only allowed whenever you're going back for like seconds or something of that nature. Or in the case of cereal, third or fourths. No, Johnny from Yukon. This is incorrect. Where's Toby when I need him? You do not butter both sides and put it in the toaster. It ruins your toaster, right? Somebody help me out here. I mean. This sounds like a fire hazard. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. How did we get on this? All right. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to sports here. Damn you, Gunny. All right. Uh, this is a good question from Camo. Then we got to get a break. Oh, you know what? We'll get it when we come back. There it's you 9, go. 9.51. The Plank Show's rolling. Got uh. Spring football preview questions coming up at 10 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I always like it when you play one of my favorite songs. It always makes me want to get into FM DJ mode. At 3.11, coming at you. 9.57 on the only station that rocks the ref. Oh. 3.11 to the top of the hour. Oh, I thought I'd written the post.
<laughs> I thought I'd hit it. Today seems like a good day to burn a bridge or two. What a song, man. 311. Lyrical geniuses. I don't really think they were. Hey, I want Mr. Sports to have some time, and I feel like he's been a good kickoff to hour two. So let's stay on our non-sports conversation real quick. Gunny, I think you're very much in the minority here. Um, Twitter.com poll. You know, Twitter.com. At Plank Show. Do you butter your bread before you put it in the toaster? (laughs) What's the early... Early polling here. We are uh, a very small amount in, but this is looking, this is looking very much like state question eight twenty. <laughs> it's a little lopsided. <laughs> it's a little lopsided right now. Ninety four percent say no. Five percent say yes. So I think you're very much in the minority. By the way, um, just my polling experience last night. I've never in my life gone to pick up a ballot, and there's only been. One thing on it to vote for. Crazy, right? One thing. I mean, if you want to doom something to fail, let it be the only thing on the ballot. And then people are like, wait, I really need to read into this there's, right now. There's some people that feel like that was the plan. <laughs> it, it, really? Because I kind of did. Voter suppression, they said. I was like, whoa, that seems interesting that there's only. And if it was the plan, then hey, dig, it dig, worked. Dig, mission accomplished. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. You thought you were going to be able to go down the street and buy your gummies. No, no, no. You got to get your car. That thing got smoked literally and physically last night. All right, we got to break um, Mr. Sports and some OU football talk with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is The Ref.